just remember the journey. It's it's about experiences. It's about relationships. It's not about things. Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. stressed out? Does it seem there's too much noise and information out there? How do you sort through what is important and what is not? In today's fast-paced world, there are incredible demands on our most precious resources, our time, our energy, and our money. How do you prioritize your time and focus on what is real and what's important? One of those things that can really stress us out is having too much stuff. And that's the whole thought behind the minimalism movement to get rid of all that extra stuff, the stuff you don't need, the stuff you're just holding on to. And you'll find that once you get rid of that stuff, you're suddenly free. You're free to make decisions. You're free to move around. You're free to maximize life. So we have some great questions today, and I brought in some help to get me through them. Our our listeners had a lot of questions from season three, episode 14, season three, episode 19, where we were talking about minimalism, talking about decluttering. And I have a special guest in the small scale life studio. Check this out. We're in the studio today. I brought a special guest, an expert in the field, my wife, Julie. Welcome back to the small scale life podcast. Thanks. Glad to be back and definitely not an expert. Just Trying to to do the best that we can here, right? Right. Well, you're more of an expert than me because I'm kind of a closet hoarder. So, you know, you're probably better one <laughs> to, <laughs> to to help us through this than, uh, than little old me, right? Yin and yang. Yeah. Opposites do attract. So thanks for being on the show. Glad to have you back. I know the folks really were excited when you were on back in April and... Uh, and earlier this year when, when we talked about minimalism on the two podcast episodes. Uh, for those of you who are new to Small Scale Life, and we do have a lot of new listeners, um, we're all about intentional living, simplifying life, de-stressing our life. We talk about gardening. We talk about minimalism. We talk about having some adventures along the way. And, oh, yes, healthy lifestyles coming back into fashion. So we'll be talking about that as well. We have a lot of fun here. We're all about some fun. And... Uh, Sometimes you got to get rid of that stuff to have some fun, right? Well, sometimes the stuff can take over your life (laughs) and it doesn't seem like it leaves space or time to have fun. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. That's true. That's true. So we have um, we have a great group of folks that are part of the Small Scale Life family. Um, They are all in a Facebook group. And when we made a call for questions. And we also told them about these shows coming up. Suddenly we had questions about decluttering. They, a lot of people really, um, I think they get stuck on decluttering and getting rid of things. And it's tough. It's tricky. How do you get rid of that stuff that you spent money on that you have attachment to that you are keeping around for just in case? I think this is tricky. What do you think? Yeah. Sometimes it's it just the, just the starting point can be the stopping point. Mm-hmm. It it seems like such a enormous mountain and a monumental task that not dealing with it and not starting is is kind of the default because if you just don't deal with it, you don't think about it, then it's not a problem, right? Right. But it's taking up that mental space. It's there, you know it's there. Maybe it's not just mental space. It's taking up a lot of physical space, too. And and at least for us that uh, 
we realized that that was just not going to be a priority in our life anymore is, Mm -hmm. uh, is having physical and mental space just, just hoarded by, by things. Right. Right. I think that's true. And I think, I think life events happen where suddenly, um, you wake up and realize how much crap you've actually got stuffed in different places. Life happens. And one of those life events is moving and we've moved, um, geez, in the past, uh, six, eight, eight years, we moved what? Three times, three times, three times. Three times yeah. <laughs> so that's a big wake up call. And each one has been a downside right. in, in space for us. So right. it's been a, a little bit of a journey getting to where we're at and it's still, it's still a work in progress, right. but, it, but, but we're getting there. Right. And in fact, you just helped someone with their move. She hasn't moved for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about that process? You were you were brought in as an expert to help in the decluttering and moving and packing process. I was I was flown in as <laughs> uh, as the expert. So so my sister, my sister and one of my very best friends in life, Karen. She lives in in Georgia, just outside of uh, just outside of Atlanta, in a small town. Well. Not even small town anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a suburb really called Noonan, just south of Atlanta. Um, she's lived there for gosh over twenty five years now. Yeah, uh, and they have been in the house that they're currently in for fifteen years, I believe. So it's been fifteen years since I've been in there. Maybe not quite that long, but but close. I think it I has. Think I've only I think it's been, been there once, right, or twice. I think I've only been there twice for Danny's graduation and then Yeah. That's you, about it. Yeah. Most of the time when I go it's it's me by myself. Yeah. But anyway, so f- she's been there for f- a good 15 years in the same house and and she had accumulated a lot of stuff, my sister, her husband and and my niece. So she wanted uh, a little inspiration. They're moving into a new house. They are well we we've decided to call it right sizing into a house that has smaller square footage, but it actually has more bedrooms and bathrooms, believe it or not. Um, but it's just a much better floor plan for them. And it's giving them, it's going to give them the space that they really are looking for. They're going to get five acres of land. They're surrounded by trees, not looking into, you know, their neighbor's windows on either side of them and and really getting them out of the neighborhood association which Mm. my brother-in-law was really feeling restricted by you know mario he wanted to be able to do some things that you know the neighborhood association really it wasn't Mm -hmm. a part of their covenant so right so this is going to be a good good situation for them i think this is a, a situation a lot of people run into neighborhood associations are great they have their place but you know, they're not for everybody. No, no. And I think a lot of our independent minded homesteaders that left and got escape velocity and left uh, left suburbia for uh, for farmland, for countryside, they would they're nodding in agreement as they go. Oh, yes. The HOA, another layer of the bureaucracy to to tell us what we can and can't do with our yard. I mean, we were graced in Illinois because we had a homeowners association that was pretty much defunct they didn't do anything but they technically had permission to tell us whether we could put this tree here put that plant over there put a garden in the back i mean we did so much illegal stuff 
just because they weren't around. I mean, yeah, <laughs> we put were... in a shed, we put in the garden, we put in the tree, we moved the tree. I mean, we did all kinds of stuff and right. nobody said boo. But yeah, I, I can appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were fortunate in that respect. Right. Not that we were doing, you know, we weren't putting up a, a double wide in the backyard or, hmm. you know, having the above ground pool that was, you know, rusty and unsightly. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. those are the issues people run into. And right. they're just trying to keep their their space and their community looking nice. Mm-hmm. But one person's trash is another person's treasure. Oh, that's true. And and when we're talking minimal is minimalizing things, people tend to see a lot of treasure in the trash. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, I was so, I, but I, going back to Karen yeah, and, yeah. and Mario, my my sister and brother-in-law and my niece Abby. So, shout out to the uh the crew down in Noonan mm-hmm. and their friends. Love you guys. Yeah, Karen just wanted a little bit of help, but she had a lot of a lot of stuff hidden in those closets and the attic and and storage spaces and she just really needed a little help uh getting going and and letting go of of some of her treasures. Right. And I had texted a little bit with Karen before you went down there, so I knew what you were getting into and uh she said you know, she set up the boxes. We, and this is harkening back to the decluttering podcast, episode 19. I mean, I think we were looking at all of our stuff and we were looking to declutter our lives. And in that podcast, we talked about the, the five steps for decluttering. And really a big part of that is setting up the four bins. You know, you have four bins set up. And as you start to declutter, um, you focus on those four bins. So one is to give. Yes. One is to keep, actually keep, give. Yes. Undecided. Yes. And then and then throw away. Throw away. So, you know, your your give items are things that you're going to be able to donate. Mm-hmm. Those are going to go to someone else. It's something that has value. They're just it's just not valuable to you anymore. So maybe right. you're going to give it to a family member. Maybe really? you're going to give it to a friend. But maybe it's going to go to the thrift store. Because right. there's a lot of people that that, you know, really have need of things. The things that you're going to keep are that's a no-brainer. You're going to keep those if if you're packing, maybe you just pack it right into a box and don't even, you know, put it into a bin. And then with your label. <laughs> with a label, of yeah. course. Her patented labeler. She's got the swing line labeler. Everybody needs a brother labeler. I'm you just know, saying. You know, we should probably put that on small scale life slash kit. Oh. Or kit. Kit.com slash small scale life. It's got to be it. It's it's, yeah, we got to put that on there. It's got to get yep, on there. Yep, yep. Organizational tools. I'll add that to, to the kit spot. Right, right. So, and then those undecided items are going to be those things that you, you really are, they're kind of pulling at your heartstrings a little bit. You're not sure if you can give it away, uh, but you're, you want to think about it a little bit. So, you're going to put it into a bin for a short period of time, whatever your time frame is. Up to a month, the shorter the better, honestly. Because really, if you haven't really thought about that item after a couple of days, it's it's not going to be something you want to keep. You, most things that go into the undecided bin are just give or throw items, and your throw items are things that they're they're not even worth giving to people. You you know they're those ratty old t shirts and shorts that you've been wearing for ten years and don't give that holy underwear in the thrift store. It's just not worth it. <laughs> Please, <laughs> that's gross. Please, gross. No. <laughs> Thrift store. I'm a thrifter, a huge thrifter, but please, the underwear and the bras. 
Ew. That's a no go zone. No go. Um, yeah. And what was what I we talked about last time on the podcast, and it's a great story is walking through the thrift store and you actually see some of the stuff that you donated out there and like half of it's gone. And you're like, oh, that's the stuff we donated. Those bins over there. Yeah, we donated that stuff and most of them are gone. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We really uh, I, I'm hopeful that a lot of our our treasures brought value to a lot of other people. Well, I think so. they did. I, I I truly think that they did because we don't I mean, we got rid of some good stuff and yeah. just stuff we couldn't fit in here and stuff we had duplicates of and stuff we didn't need. Kind of like Karen's 15 butter dishes or butter knives. She doesn't. Oh, the butter spreaders. Yeah. Karen. OK, so I have to tell you guys the story. This is I was giving my sister such crap about this. So she, my sister is epic. She's notoriously not a cooker, right? She, she, she does not. She buys a pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. The Uncrustables, which I know are delicious. I've, I've heard this from a lot of people. They're delicious. Delicious. But it's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Okay. How hard is that to me? I put a peanut butter and the jelly on the bread and there you go. They don't have the crust. (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) Yeah. So she, I mean, she doesn't, she's, she has come a long way, but she's still just, she will just tell you it's not her thing. And that's Mm -hmm. totally cool. She doesn't, she doesn't cook. This girl had so much stuff in her kitchen. She has, she has a super, super generous mother-in-law who loves to cook. She's amazing. She's this beautiful, Mm -hmm. amazing chef, really. Mm -hmm. And she got into this this type of cookware called Temptations, right? It's Temptations. It's it's this beautiful stoneware, um, all, you know, that comes in different patterns. I mean, my sister legit has every single dish mm-hmm. and accessory <laughs> that came in her pattern. And or the Uncrustables. Here's your Uncrustables, sir. Served mm, in a teeny tiny little crock. <laughs> That's on a wrought iron stand. Awesome. I mean, yeah. it was amazing. She probably had six of these itty bitty little teeny tiny Crocs <laughs> that were totally adorable. Like I would have loved them when I was 10 years old playing with my Cabbage Patch kids. Right. Sure, sure. They would have been fabulous, but they're not. I mean, maybe it's great for a dip or, you know, your corn for your Thanksgiving dinner. But corn. so anyway, Cranberry needless sauce, to say, yes. she also had we uncovered not kidding. There had to have been 15 butter spreaders Oosh. in her drawers, some of which match the temptation set. <laughs> so I was giving her a lot of crap because, number one, I don't think she's ever used a butter spreader no. in her life or a cheese spreader. Some no. people call them a cheese spreader. But we uh, we kept the matching set. We kept some Christmas ones and the rest we we let go to let someone else enjoy. So, we also did get rid of a lot, lot, lot of other items. She kept the majority of her Temptations set because it's a mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful set. Sure. She loves it. It was given to her by her mother-in-law. Sure. And she was, you know, has a lot of value to her. Mm-hmm. It gets used on Thanksgiving sure. and, and maybe once or Easter. twice. Yeah. yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Not Christmas because she's always oh, that, here. That's right. She's she always here. <laughs> We're in Minnesota, people. So, that's right. you know, my sis, since the day she moved down to Georgia said, I will celebrate Christmas in Minnesota. And they have. Every year. And she's come back every year. Right. I'm super lucky. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, her daughter's away and uh, she sends her pictures to Abby and that then they decide right there if it's the give, the keep, the throw, you know. So there's ways to do it even when you're not sitting in the same room. And I think she's even used you as a 
backstop when you weren't down there to is, should I keep this and oh and it sounds like she's been on a roll this week okay. well the move date is is looming very close it's next week so they're down to the wire there's no more time to debate on it and and she will find too and we did and I know many other people find this that once you get where you're going you're gonna you're gonna pare down even more right. because the things you kept, maybe they don't fit right. where you were thinking it's they not would the right fit. Style. And, it's not, it doesn't look yeah. right. Doesn't and sometimes right. you just want something new. Right, so, right. And that's that's fine. All right. So everybody has this problem. This is a common problem, just not, not Karen's problem. Because I had this problem, too. And I know you even had this problem. And my brother had this problem. School books. Oh, yeah. She graduated in 95. I graduated in 97. Andy graduated around that same time, too. And we've been lugging these school books. She she had three huge, huge boxes of school books. I mean, <laughs> what the hell? I mean, we're not going to use this stuff anymore. There's a few books that I know that I use for my job, but I don't think I have any more school books left. I think I got rid of them in Illinois right. or when we moved to the storage locker. You just got rid of them. Hush. <laughs> I it got was rid the of storage them a locker. Long time ago. It was the storage locker for oh, sure because they were really long time ago. They were in the garage <laughs> in in St. Louis Park. A really long time ago, I got rid of them. <laughs> it's all right. I had a closet romance novel collection. Oh, so yeah, yeah, not good. Fabio had to go. <laughs> Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> so if you're hanging around with uh, school books that you never look at, get rid of them. Really, there's no value in them. And you know it all. You're in, you've are you been through there, done that. You're smart. You've got it. And if you don't know it, you can look it up online or ask somebody in your field of expertise. It's You can do these things. You don't need to lug this stuff around. Anymore. Well, that's that's just it. I mean, they're, number one, they're outdated. Number yep. two... I mean, with Google and the the resources that are available on the internet, it, there's no reason to keep around really any of those those old manuals for all those appliances that you have. They're all online. There's no reason to have them. Yeah, I have a few of those hanging around. Still, I know, so. I know. Well, it's <laughs> it's ingrained in us, right? You yeah. keep the manual, keep right. the manual. You have to go back to the manual if something happens. Number one, we're not very good at fixing things. No. <laughs> Number two, we can look it up online. Right, right. Now, the one the one guy who did use the manual, the old trapper, your dad, when oh, he yeah. built that, he had uh, my grandpa's uh, outboard motor. It's like a 1950 Johnson. Right. And he took it. Some dude down in Illinois broke it, and he basically took this thing in pieces and put it all back together, and it works great. It does, but he actually had to buy that. Yeah, he, he had did. to order that. Yep. I, that was not, I mean, there may be certain things that right. that manual is not available for, but anything that was, you know, in more recent modern times, you're going to be able to find it online. And, and this conversation leads us into one of the questions, getting all the way back. Um, good luck, Karen and Mario and Abby. Good luck with the move. But this brings us all the way back to the questions uh, that we got from some of our listeners, because I know you all like hearing family business and how we're all moving and everything before I get to that one more thing that popped in my brain because that's the way I am squirrel Um, (laughs) I should get a little squeaky toy for that Um, the minimalists they have what's called a packing party and okay you're not moving anytime soon from your apartment your townhouse your house but you want to start this minimalism minimalism journey what you could do is have a packing party pack up a room or pack up your house and then Take stuff out as you need it. If you haven't touched it, 
get rid of it. It's already in a box. You can just take it out. I mean, that's a method, right? Yeah. You can do it. Yep. It's aggressive. You can do your whole house. You could do one room at a time. Yep. That, I mean, that's a great way to do it. What, you know, really, it, everything is, everybody works in a different way. Um, there, what works for us does not necessarily mean it's going to be the best method for, for everyone else, but we're just going to share with you what, what we've learned. And, you know, we're still, we do this regularly. We're, we're learning. And what we want to do is be able to hopefully, um, as we learn things, maybe share that with, with you guys so that our, our newfound knowledge maybe is something that you can, you can find useful as well. I mean, it's, it, it, we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're just, we're just in the trenches trying to figure it out. And as we figure certain things out that work for us, we're going to try to share it so that, uh, that maybe it will be a little easier for you than, than it was for us. Right. And it does come in waves because right now our garage is looking crappy. Holy crap. Get the crap tamped down and gotten rid of and we're we had a going crap explosion a what crap. happened we exploded <laughs> we had a... i think half i think everybody's laughing yes we crap exploded again <laughs> we've got stuff everywhere crap everywhere yeah, we had a earmuffs shitastrophe happen <laughs> yes earmuffs for the children that's all right you know we're we're gonna clean up the mess clean it up so Okay, so one of the questions that we had, this kind of kicks us off, and both uh, Jacob and Greg Burns, our, our good man, Captain Lumber Squatch, they're both on the same page when they asked this. Um, question number three is, uh, part, of the, part of minimalism that I struggle with is this. If you like to build or tinker or, <clears throat> or garden with things where you draw, where do you draw the line between having a reasonable, reasonable number of spare parts and collecting a pile of junk or having all these pots that you use to start seedlings? And, uh, and Greg Burns was asking a very similar question. Uh, where do you push the limits, draw a line between trying to declutter and and hang on to things that could be useful and save you money in the future? So those were very similar questions, kind of on the same wavelength with Jacob and, and, and Greg. And I think a lot of homesteaders and gardeners are in the same boat where they've got the stuff that they use once a year and then it, it kind of goes back in the shelf and then and it kind of hangs around as you see as clutter. And I'm like, well, that's going to be used in a little while. Yeah. Well, I think this is a situation that so many people find themselves in, you know, whether you're a, you're a crafter or you're into hobbies, um, sports, you know, you aren't going to, what was that look? No, I was trying to remember a meme. Somebody had a meme about crafting where it's just, you're, what was that meme? It was a really good one. Crafting. You're just. Oh yeah. Shoot. I don't know. It was a I, my brain. Moment. I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay, now you just one. made me have a squirrel know, moment. I'm it was sorry. that look on your face. <laughs> okay, so crafting. Getting... You're just preparing a thrift store for a major, uh, you know, for a major windfall or something. I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. So I think this. I mean, this is just a, a problem that that pretty much everybody finds themselves in, especially people that are crafters or builders of things fixers you you have a lot of leftover 
items when, you know, if you do a project, Mm -hmm. you're not going to use every screw or every board. You're going to have a lot of scraps and spare pieces and, you know, crafters are going to have, you know, leftover felt and leftover paint and they're, you know, leftover stickers from Mm -hmm. those, those, those photo albums and, and, uh, that I mean, that's a really good question. But the the way that I have found works best. This is this is something that that works best for for us. And I think this could speak to somebody working on a woodworking project. You know, a woodwork mechanic, or you know, I was a florist, so I had a lot of lot of stuff inventory, inventory stuff. Yeah. a lot of um, it was tools, floral it was tools. It was vases. It was all kinds of stuff. Wire and yeah. sponges and. So here's the deal. Every new project requires new things, right? Sometimes. For the most of the time. Most of the time. time. You're going to be going to the store. You're going to be buying the specific screws you need to do that project. The specific wood that you need. So how often do you actually go back through and dig through your old wood scraps and tools and or not tools. Tools are a different thing. Tools are different. Tools are different. Um, screws, screws and nails. Yeah, that, that kind, kind of, of stuff. stuff. How how often do you go back and use the old stuff? You know, here and there, when you're when you're fixing something, you're gonna need a, a spare screw. You're gonna if you're hanging something up, you know. Mm-hmm. So you need to keep a reasonable amount of things on hand. You know, so you what reasonable is for me is not going to be the same as what reasonable is for my dad right. who is a handyman right. and fixes tons of things, right? right. Yeah. So if, and you too. You know, you and I are in the same boat that we're, you know, you are a little bit more handy than I am, but we're neither one of us are are, you know, Schneiders by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Funny thing is I've been called Schneider before because of my carabiners and keys, but that's a different story altogether. Yeah, so, I'm, not a, I'm not a Schneider. So what, you know, really what you have to do is figure out, you have to find out what is a reasonable amount of space mm-hmm. for you to store the the spare stuff. Right. You know, if you are a handyman and you have a lot of screws and nails and nuts and bolts and things, you know, figure out a, an organization organizational system that works for you. But you know what? Once that's full, it's full. You know, right. don't then go to, you know, I really 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 love those little tiny drawers. Those little those oh. little organizer things with the little tiny drawers, and yeah. you can have certain types of screws and nuts and bolts, and then you label mm-hmm. each one. Oh yeah, you know. But but <laughs> my dad has things in, in mason jars and empty cans. But don't do both. Figure right. out your system because he did have both. If you have <laughs> if you have a gigantic bucket full of spare parts, you're never gonna. Yeah, that's use true. It. That's true. You and know, he, and your wood. Keep it, keep it organized. Mm-hmm. Keep the, the main thing is it has to be accessible and you have to know what's there. If you don't know what's there, it's never going to get used. And you're just going to keep adding to it, adding to it, adding to it. So every once in a while, revisit it, look through, see what you've got before you add things to yep. it. Maybe get rid of those pieces that have been around for a year or two and, and they're just not going to get used. Especially the stuff that goes and looks like a banana. Um, so gentlemen, wood. go revo- yeah, revisit your wood. 
make sure it's organized and oh no <laughs> sorry anyway no it's good advice and and i know the old trapper just because we took over his workbenches he had some old cans of i don't know they were you know plastic jars and they had weird screws in them and stuff i don't i, mean, I don't think he even knew they were there this and, is true but even the old trapper when he helped us he was a huge oh, he yeah. was instrumental in helping us with a huge uh remodel project oh, yeah, 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 in yeah. our basement he was very organized we built a bedroom and remodeled the family room in the basement it's a spare room that'll be but, a future podcast studio yes. yes we also went with him to the yes. store and bought brand new screws yes all brand new true. wood we did not use any old that's true material that's for that absolutely true so and this those is canisters were for some other project for some other time that we weren't going to use so right yeah. and yeah. that's the thing like that you really have to keep a handle on what you have set a set a space that is, you know, that's that's your allotted space for yeah. keeping your items. Tools, you know, tools don't get used all the time. Right. If you're a guy that loves to do remodel projects and you have the equipment to do re- refinish floors or do tiling, mm-hmm. you may not use that every year. Right. But you know that you are going to use it in the future. So you just have to come up with a system mm-hmm. to organize it that works for you. Right. And crafter ladies, this is kind of the same. You can take the same philosophy and apply it to your crafts. Um, I, When I closed down my floral business... I got rid of pretty much all of my inventory of vases mm-hmm. and kept kept the, uh, the very few that I use regularly. Right. Because if I do a wedding, I decided that I am going to rent or purchase the vases that I need for that particular event. But I did keep the tools and some of the uh, materials to be able to to make it happen without having to go out and buy new. Right. So I kept a couple shelves mm-hmm. on in our storage space downstairs specifically for my wedding stuff. Right. right. And it's tight and it's nowhere where it used to be. Right. The amount of stuff there. And uh, the other thing, too, is we're running into we had um, I mean, the Trapper Love Projects. That was his thing. And. He's got an area in the basement where there's a big workshelf or workbench and and work area in the basement. And then there's one in the garage. And and as a guy, I mean, you want your tools in your workbench. And suddenly I've got tools in the basement. I got tools in the garage. I can't I don't remember where the hammer is. Is it out in the garage? Is it in the basement? I don't know. So that's one of the projects this weekend is we're going to just consolidate and say, okay, this is where those tools are going to be. There's going to be a few tools in the basement. We're actually going to reduce the workbench size. We get a little more storage space out of it, but, yep. uh, um, to have some basic tools in the, out in the house, but the, mo- the heavy duty stuff is in the garage. Yep. So really, I mean, it, it comes down to it's, it's case by case, Yep. you know, you, what works for one person is not always going to work for the, for the next. And you have to figure out what's reasonable for you, but you have to be really realistic about it. Yeah. And sometimes just because you have the space doesn't need mean it needs to be filled Right. because even though it's, you may have the physical space for it, it's going to be a lot of mental space that's taking up too. Yeah. No, this is a good topic because I'd love to hear how Daniel, Bocris, or um, Greg Burns, Captain Lumber Squatch, or even uh, Michael Bell handle the stuff because you know, like in Michael Bell's case, his his Dallas Half Acre Farms is not on property; it's over there. You know, it's a couple miles away, and 
he's starting seeds at home. He's got stuff over there. He's got stuff over at school. I mean, he's got stuff everywhere. Right. How does he keep it all organized? So that might be a good topic to discuss with Mr. Bell. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I think it comes down to if you're going to do certain activities and and things, you you do have to have, you know, a certain amount of things and space for it. Mm -hmm. Um, That I think I don't know how you get around that. Right. Certain, you know, certain homesteading things require space. Yep. Um, Feed and tools and right all kinds of stuff. If you're going to can up a bunch of stuff, it's going to have to go somewhere. <laughs> I have my Cheshire grin going right now. Yes, I love to can. Yes. Where's it all going to go, though? <laughs> well, you're going to eat it eventually, right. but at some point, you don't have the space for right. it. Well, yeah, and this is um, Nicole Sauce from Living Free in Tennessee podcast. She talked about it's a win from a canning perspective if you eat, if you run out of it. And yes. If you don't run out of it, then it's not a win. Oh, yeah. Just That's not, a great point. You haven't, you know, you've cooked too much of it or you canned too much of it or you just it's not one of those things that you eat a lot of. So salsa is a win. It would we're out of salsa. Yeah, so that's a win. Or dilly beans is running low. Yep. Or corn relish was a little bit too much. So you know you can kind of gauge it. That so way. yeah, maybe if you make an excess amount, you know we always we always give some of our canned goods to family and friends. Right. But maybe kind of if you if you realize partway through the season you're not going to be able to get through everything that you have just just give more away yeah let someone else enjoy it that's that's the whole joy of doing it in the first place that's true that's true and it is the joy isn't in seeing stacks of it on the cabinet in the in the cupboard although i know it brings you a (laughs) (laughs) okay but it is cool like it it would be very cool um some of you who are having meetups or going to these homesteading meetups or going to i don't know what you do but bringing friends something you made is very cool and that is that is something that i've experienced and it's like oh i should have brought this and given it to this person you know and and uh that's pretty cool so anyway yeah. we've lessons to, learned lessons for the future learned. right yep. yep and we've gone down to quite the rabbit hole here but uh all right should we go to a different one yes do you want to read the next one all right so this would be the question uh Brian from Blaine. Oh. And then I think this also, did this line up with, oh no, this was not the same one that, that Jay had. Okay. So Brian's question was, do you have ideas for helping a parent declutter? Is there any info from minimalist related websites or podcasts about helping a parent, especially from 650 miles away? This is a long distance dedication to minimalism. <laughs> yeah, this is tricky because um, this is stuff that this is something that I think a lot of us are going to be going through. Um, we don't live where our parents live uh, there. They live maybe down in Florida or Texas and or for part of the year they're down there and they've got stuff down there. They've got stuff up north. Um, and I think I, th- I well, I know I've seen it. You know, people are. Our parents are attached to this stuff. Our older parents are really attached to this stuff. They spent their hard-earned money on this, and there's value, and there's there's connection to it, and there's – or maybe they're even saving it for us for something, you know, right. for someday. And it's right. really – 
it's really hard sometimes to get them to start or to even be interested in it. And they just might throw up their hands and just say, no, I can't do this kind of thing. You know, I can't get rid of this stuff yet. There's too much value to it. Right. We've heard that one, too. Well, right. And and I think what it comes down to is a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. It is you may not be able to convince them to start getting rid of stuff and decluttering. You just, you just simply might not be able to, I mean, this is, uh, they're their own person. And while you have had this epiphany and this, you know, this whole paradigm shift in your life that that hasn't happened for them yet. So it is, you know, it's a it's an accepting process kind of on on both sides, you know, where you have to realize they're, they're not in a place that they're they're willing to to get rid of that stuff. But I do think the conversation needs to be had with them, a, an open, honest conversation where you explain where you're coming from. This, this shift that you've had in your life, why you feel that way. And if they're hanging on to things because they want to give it to you someday, they're not going to understand that you don't want it. Right. That that just doesn't compute to them because in their mind, it's it has a ton of value. Right. And but it's OK for you to tell them that this this is not something that is ever going to be coming into my life. And I don't, I have more than I need as it is. And I love you and appreciate it. And I have these beautiful memories, but I can't take all of this stuff. I would rather see someone else be given the things so that, that somebody else gets to enjoy it. Because at the end of the day, the stuff is sitting somewhere. You know, we know from experience someone that has so much stuff that it's just sitting in a giant pole barn and in a basement. And it, it could be given to somebody that could use it. And it's rotting away in a pole barn. And it's sad to to see that the value in my life and this is something that has come through having experiences and having realized what's really important in life the value isn't in that thing that's sitting in the garage you know the value is in that experience had with someone and if that thing may trigger a memory but it's it's not going to have the same value to someone else so maybe you need to have that conversation with your parents about something that I would love to have someday is X or Y. Right now I have, you know, I'd mentioned in a previous podcast, I lost my mom about a year and a half ago, a uh, little over a year and a half ago now. And I have a set of dishes that she had that she loved. They're these Blue Danube China dishes that most people would throw into a cabinet and use once a year. We use them every day. Mm -hmm. And every day I look at those dishes and they make me think of my mom. And I love them. Yeah. And I think and we actually have two sets of dishes from your from your mom. The uh, the stuff we use in St. Louis Park is still I think we still have that for the boys. Well, we held on to that for, we do have a few things for, we, our goal someday is to have a lake home, and wow. we kept a few things to be able to have there. Right, so. right. 
and so we have those still. So we have two sets, but um, but there there's a purpose, and they're going to bring us a lot of joy, and it'll bring our family and friends a lot of joy too. And, and the Blue Danube is they're beautiful dishes, really nice, really nice. Um, I think you have to come from the perspective. Here's a little history lesson for you. I mean, we gotta we gotta put this in context. Our great grandparents, some of you, your parents, they lived through the depression, right? And they didn't have anything. They didn't have jobs. They didn't have food in some cases. And um, and then they rolled right into World War II, where things were rationed out. You know, you couldn't just go buy sugar you had to have the coupons and and ration everything and people had gardens and they that's how they were surviving so it's a little different the world our parents grew up in our great-grandparents grew up in was totally different than this uh plastic fantastic fake banana um here's your stuff in walmart um live long and consume greatly right i mean it's just a different world that we live in now and um Things are made so different, too. And uh, we just have to put that in context when we're dealing with them. And they just they hold on to this stuff. And maybe some of them were from this rural agrarian background where going to the store was a big deal. You know, right. I mean, my brother was just talking about this on our land. They closed down the little Ace Hardware store in, in Oxford. Oh, did they really? So that's gone now. So to go and get screws, you got to go to Portage. You got to go to the Dells, which is 20 miles away. So this is a this is a whole new dynamic you know so right that's the world they grew up in every day because they didn't have walmart or target or home depot or lowe's or whatever brand x they it was a small town store somewhere 20 miles away and i gotta go and the tires are gonna blow out or something you know i mean it was just a different world that we're dealing with but yeah i think having i mean this is a yeah this is a conversation that a lot of us need to have you know, with parents that are holding on to a lot of stuff, Oosh, lots of stuff. It's and not about the stuff. Right. That's the thing. Yep. You're going to remember the good times that you had. Right. You're going to want to have a few really special things right. to remember them by um, if you are in the minimalist mindset. Your parents are going to need to hear you say, doesn't mean that I don't love you. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I that I don't think that your stuff is important, but it's just not for me. Right. And, and I think that that's an, that's a really, it's a, it's an important conversation to have. Some people may not be willing to hear it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if, if your parents aren't willing to let go of the stuff that that is not, it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. You have to accept that. Um, yeah. I mean, Eventually, we'll all be dealing with it. Right, right. That's okay, too. And in my mind, I'd rather leave my stuff in a position where my children don't have a huge struggle when mm-hmm. I'm gone. Right. That's that's important to me. I want them to, if there's things that are important to them, I want them to have it. But I don't want them to have a huge burden when I'm gone. Right. That's not fair to them. Nope, it's not. And it's it's not about my stuff. I want my kids to have great memories mm-hmm. of time with me. I want to leave really cool, maybe our photos or videos. And maybe these podcasts, someday our boys mm-hmm. are going to hear these. And this they'll have our voice. I mean, this is, I'm super emotional today. Yeah. So I'm sorry about this, but, uh, but I can't even talk about it. No, some, some 
valuable things were lost. That some valuable data was lost. And uh, my mom, I had left me a couple of voicemail messages, and I, lo- I I switched my service provider on my phone, and they are gone. And I never back them up. And I'm just beating myself up because I don't care about her stuff. But that was her voice, and I can't get that back. Right. Yeah. And and really, you know, uh, I had an epiphany a long time ago, back in, well, 2009. But then again, when we started doing this, I started doing this blogging thing in 2014. You know, or, you know, I lost my dad, and I lost grandparents, and... Oh, hello, Producer Lou. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Producer Lou is coming over. I think she knows Julie's upset. She's going over to see Jules. So. Oh, who um, are you kidding? She <laughs> just wants to get prime position. Of course. So, um, Princess Lulu, the kitty cat. Yes. Um, our producer today. Hello, Producer Lou. Are we doing okay? All right. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's why I started blogging in the first place is um, because we didn't my brother and I, we, we felt like we lost something, you know, we lost a piece of history when these people died and we didn't know, we didn't know what they did and how they did it. And, and I've talked about this with Greg Burns too, the old, about the old ways, you know, and we've lost some of this history and, uh, the old, the new ways are the new old ways. The new ways are the o- new old ways, so to speak. And, uh, I wanted to start documenting that. And that's why I did that with garden because doing all these strange experiments in the backyard, maybe someday they might say, what were you doing back there? You know, I had this big plume of steam going up and tomatoes at one o'clock in the morning. And I got one of the young men looking out the window, looking at me doing this going, I think Mr. Dahmer's is making some meth back there. <laughs> no, I'm just taking the skins off the tomatoes so I can make salsa at one in the morning. In Mr. Dahmer's is breaking bad. Yeah. Breaking bad. Heisenberg. You know? <laughs> um, say my name, but uh, yeah, I mean, we've got 116 shows out there. You've been on three. I mean, we're both of us are on three. I mean, someday somebody can listen to that. You know, they're out there now in the Ethernet. Right. So. Yeah. For better or for worse. I know, right? Sorry for that little emotional (laughs) breakdown there. But there's a lesson learned right there. Important uh, data. Back it up. up. Back it up. Back it up. Exactly. So anyway, back to Brian from Blaine's question. I'm sorry for the long ramble. Um, if you want a resource to refer to, I, I'm always going to refer you to the minimalists.com and one episode, actually there's two episodes that are good that I, you know, have listened to recently. One is going way back in their, their episodes to episode 11 and it's sentimental. And then also there's another one and it was more recent let me find it. Hang on just a second. Hang on, Tom. Take over for a second while I find it. Yeah, I mean, um, minimalist.com, they've got a lot of good resources there. Also, um, uh, Joshua Becker over at uh, Becoming Minimalist, he's got some good stuff, too. Um, did you find what you looking for? I did, yeah. Okay. It's episode 118, and it's collecting. So that's a whole nother conversation to have. And I think Greg Burns was kind of uh, digging in Mm. a little bit on Facebook. Mm. But collections are, it's tough. You spend a lot of time and effort and money Mm -hmm. collecting 
these things and and it it know nothing about means that. a lot to you. But how much does it mean to you if it's sitting in a box in your basement and it never gets looked at? And this is like a real true thing to think about. Or Greg a Connex box, a big trailer, you know. But <clears throat> anyway. I don't even know what that means. It's a forty five foot trailer, like oh. like they put on a like on a railroad car, you know. Okay. One of those trailers, a container. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But a lot of people are, I used to be a collector of things. I, I have an aunt who is a, um, antiques dealer and she is, uh, the ultimate collector. (laughs) Little Lulu is sitting right on Tom's notebook. Yeah. Uh, she's the ultimate collector. I mean, that's her, her livelihood is, collecting things and right. selling them but she loves to have her own collections and and she really was just super generous and and would find out what people loved and and collect things for them as well and and help them build their collections of things so there were periods of time where i had collections of cherished teddy figurines mm-hmm. or cookie jars or um ooh beanie babies oh god Girls, I know there's a lot of you out there that have the Beanie Baby collections. Strawberry um, shortcake for you. Oh, that takes me way I back have the to my childhood. And Legos, yeah. I don't have those anymore. No, but no. I oh, love your sister those. had the Santa Bears. She still has the Santa oh, Bears, and yeah. <laughs> they are amazing. And to her, they're super special. My mom gave her every one of them, so they are worth the six ginormous bags of of. Uh, Santa bears that she has, but she loves them. Yeah. So if there's something that you display and enjoy, if it's a collection that really, truly some collections are a work of art, maybe to you, your, your books are a collection and you display them on a shelf and it brings you huge amounts of joy to look at them and see them there. You know, maybe you have a collection of old vinyl that that you do actually use and you look at um but if you're collecting things to give to your future grandchildren someday yeah they're not gonna want it most likely uh and why not give it to them now Mm -hmm. if that if you have that collection of things maybe it's the jewelry that was your great grandma's and it's sitting in storage somewhere to give to somebody someday safety deposit box or some crazy thing yeah maybe you want to give it maybe you could give some of it to your grandchildren that are young and guess what they would probably love it i mean this is this is the thing like yeah a piece may get lost that is not the end of the world you know, it's, it's teaching stuff. them right. how cool for a 10 year old or an eight year old to be able to wear great grandma's necklace. I had my grandma's brooches when I was young and holy cow, I thought they were the coolest things in the world. So, you know, what are you waiting for? Mm-hmm. What are point. you waiting for? Now's the time. I've got I think I got one of my dad's rings. And I've got oh the watches didn't work unfortunately. Womp womp. That's that happens. But it if was it's cool a, though. If it's a collection and it's valuable and it's sitting there and you don't ever look at it and it's just there because it's worth money, why don't you sell it and do something go on a great trip? So you're buy saying, something you love. So you're saying minimalism isn't an empty house with just a chair and a beanbag chair in the middle, and that's it, right? Just an empty house, right? 
truly minimalism could be having 50 items to your name or it could be having collections of spoons hanging on your wall. It's what you find value in and not having an overabundance of of other crap cluttering up your life. True. True. Cool. Next question. So we're going to move on. My buddy John over in Elk Mound, Wisconsin, and Jay out on the East Coast. Where is the first place you started when you began to to declutter? Wow, I can can talk today. And then Mm -hmm. um, Jay had a similar question. Where's a great place for people to get started, physically speaking? Is there a specific room? And we kind of were divided on this one a little bit. Divided but together. Yeah. <laughs> For me, um, I think I said the junk drawer, right? Or the kitchen? No. I think I said the kitchen. Yeah, you said the kitchen. I said um, your closet. Because yeah. for me, uh, you know, as a girl, I don't know, maybe guys, some guys experience this, but I don't think this is as much of an issue for you. Uh, the salmon colored shirt. Are you kidding? <laughs> He, he wore it occasionally. So. <laughs> Not supposed to say that. <laughs> or the aqua blue fishing shirt thing. Yes, but it was it was a good brand name, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, or the pants uh, that I fit in in high school. So I can't really, keep there around. isn't. A, <laughs> I don't think there's a right answer no. to this. I would say, what is that area that? bothers you the most or where do you spend the most time I guess so the kitchen is a great place to Mm -hmm. start I think because I think we all spend a ton of time in our kitchens and I know that we have had times in our lives where those drawers are out of control right where we have ladles and eight spatulas and 12 knives that don't work very well and You know, wooden spoons and, you know, multiples of everything. And you can barely even shut the drawers. And when mm-hmm. you go to find it, you can't find it because there's right. 25 of everything in the way. So, right. yeah. And I think that uh, probably the best spot. I mean, it's like John and Jay, it's kind of like working out. OK, we're not going to go out and run a marathon today if we've been sitting on the couch or at a computer for the past year and a half. Raise right. my hand. So we're going to start low and slow, right? We're going to yep. start with one little thing. So the little thing to get momentum is probably that utility junk drawer where you got all your crap. And I've got a picture of ours in the show notes because that's probably where we started was the junk drawer. Because at one time in Illinois, I think we had three. Yeah, we did. We did. And in Minnesota, in, in Maplewood, we had at least two or three. Yeah, we had two. So that's probably a great spot to start. Do you need four pairs of scissors? Do you need cords to phones that don't work anymore? Do you need those old locks? Right. Uh, that you probably aren't using. Do you need 75 pens, half of which don't work? We're good pens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that's that, probably You're right. The, the junk drawer. Just pick one, right. one spot that you can attack and get done. And uh, those little wins, you got to have little wins. Yep. And that'll get, once you get through that, you're like, oh, now I can get going, yep. you know? And even if you want to even start slower than that, oldworldgardenfarms.com, uh, those folks from Ohio, they talk a little bit about minimalism like we do. And they started with a get rid of one thing a day 
one thing a week, you know, and they go through a drawer and get one, rid of one thing a week and they took a picture of it, gone. Yep. Next thing, gone. And they were finding they had like picture frames that they had never, that the people, you know, the target people were still Oh, in, yeah. You know? The beautiful family. Yeah. The beautiful family that nobody ever knew what that yeah. is. So, you know, start there. Start with the, start with the junk drawer. Get yep. rid of the junk. That's a great, that's a great point. And getting, going through, eventually when you get to the point where you go through your closet, that's going to just, it's so freeing. And then it's a matter of, it's it's a constant battle to, to not let it get out of control again. And so you bring in something new and you let some other stuff go. Right. Because there's this, always things that you aren't wearing. Right. And this is where you're going to have to get real with yourself too. Okay, I've been keeping these pants and shorts for like three years and I, they still don't fit. So probably time to get rid of them yeah girls i don't know about you but i think there's a lot of us out there that have our different sized wardrobes so there was our skinny wardrobe that we're hanging on to for when we lose that weight and get back into it and then there's our heavier wardrobe for whoops we uh overindulged at well halloween thanksgiving Christmas and Easter, and suddenly we're up 20 pounds. And I think we need... you forgot New Year's, too. I mean, I got like five different wardrobes, and I got to look fantastic. So, like, you know, I keep these things in my closet, and I'm looking good because that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look good. Yes, really, what guys it comes can down do it to too. is you're not going to probably want to wear the same clothes if you do lose the weight. Styles are going to have changed. You're going to, you're, you're going to have changed. You're going to want different things. And, you know, Keep what fits. Keep what fits and makes you feel fabulous. Because really, it's about uh, now. It's about right now. And Mm -hmm. you can have great goals, but you don't want to be living in the past, trying to get back to a size that you were. Because once you get there, you're going to find that you're a completely different person. And that wardrobe is not going to fit who you are today. Yeah, and I think this fits for guys, too, because... I've been toting around some stuff that I would like to fit back into and, you know, got to get rid of that. Yeah, but guess what? Crap happened. When we get back there, you're going to go shopping. Oh, (laughs) shit. I hate shopping. (laughs) I can see the excitement. (laughs) All spandex. Nothing but spandex. That's (laughs) what I'm going to (laughs) wear. Cool. So I that's my suggestion, uh, gentlemen. Get go slow and slow, get some momentum, and then build it up. And then like the closet, you might take three or four whacks at it. You know, it might be a couple different cuts at it. And eventually you're gonna get down to that stuff that really means a lot to you, like little treasure boxes of glories of past, you know, of those rosters and the all the you know, the keepsakey stuff. That's the tough ones. Those are the tough boxes, but you need to get some momentum before you get into that. Right. And that's these inanimate objects are probably the things to get rid of a first. Yep. Absolutely. Not the heavy duty emotional stuff. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast and not one for today with the mood that I'm in. Oosh fam. Yeah. Not that. Okay. So last question, what is the most used item in your junk drawer? And you and I both had different opinions on this. I said scissors. Which is a good one because that, that, is, is, that is used frequently. I said our clicker lighter because we use that for our grilling and we also use it for candles. 
I am a candle burner, not a duster. So mm. I light a lot of candles and you grill for us a lot. Yes, so we are not dusters. We are burners. Yeah, that's it. I also keep my keys in my wallet out of sight, out of mind in the junk drawer, but I didn't, um, or utility drawer, junk drawer, but I didn't include that. I think this is, yep. these are other items that we use quite a bit. So, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things in there I was noticing we could probably get rid of. I mean, we have like an old little can of de-icer that I'm sure that there's some sort of an expiration date on that. Probably. I think I had that because the Taurus, an old 2004 Taurus, the locks freeze up. So you'd be driving down the road and suddenly your door will fly open. because. But if it's in the junk way. drawer, it's not really going to be yeah, useful if your lock freezes up when you're out and about. Damn it. So, yeah. Yeah, there's some things that we probably could get rid of. Probably the seeds of the chili peppers can go in the seed bin. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got it. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. We went for a whole hour talking about this stuff. Isn't that yeah. amazing? Well, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack. So we appreciate the questions from everybody from Small Scale Life. Um, this was great. This was a lot of fun, actually, because it merely made us think. It's stuff that we're dealing with every day and stuff we're going to continue to deal with. These are all very valid questions and things that, especially the parents' things, this is going to be more and more of an issue as you look at the millennials and Gen Z coming up and they don't want all that junk. They want to travel the world and experience stuff because they probably watched the documentary, minimalism documentary. So they want to do different things. Well, and I think that they're just, they have a different perspective. They have a different perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. They don't put the same value on on things that right. that are us older generations do. Right. Boomers. <laughs> yeah, boomers. No, we appreciate the questions. If you have questions, feel free to put them as a comment below this article. Also, you can feel free to email us at realsmallscalelife at gmail.com. That's our email or the contact us page on smallscalelife.com. So wherever you are in the Internet. Whether on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, go to smallscalelife.com. Go to this article because there's usually a lot more information, pictures, good stuff there. Well, and we would also challenge you to share your decluttering and minimalism journey with us. Yeah. At Small Scale Life on Mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook. Right. Share your pictures. Share your experiences. Tell us tell us how it's going. We right. we really are interested and curious and and your experiences will only help, you know, everyone else out there that's that's in the same boat. Right. I mean, you never know what gets per- a person inspired. Maybe that picture of you sending off a truckload of tapes from 1980 will get somebody exp- inspired to get rid of the books sitting on a bookshelf in the basement that are getting all moldy who knows you know you just never know right so go get them go get them right all right everybody thanks for tuning in and we appreciate it what would you like to close with anything i just want to say thanks for uh thanks for letting me unpack some of my emotions today and uh just remember the journey, it's it's about experiences, it's about relationships, it's not about things. That is very true. This is Tom from Small Scale Life. Remember to learn, do, and grow. Live intentionally. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye.
We're going to have a little background snoring. I know. We're totally going to have the background snoring going on. We're just going to call her Snorri, Princess Lulu, asleep at the wheel. Always. Always. So, all right. You ready? I am ready. You're always ready. So, look That's at you what go. she said. Ah, there we go. <laughs> all right. So, I'll just start out with the introduction and we'll get into some of these questions and answers. Okay. You got it. All right. Going three, two, as Lulu snores away. Was there a fourth or was it just three? Yeah, you put four in there. I know. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's three bins, not four. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, getting back into it. So really the the three bins that you're looking for, you're going to have a bin that you put things to give. You're going to have a bin that you're going to put things that you want to keep. And then you're going to have a bin that's going to be those undecided items. Right. That's where they're going to go for a short period of time mm-hmm. while you determine if they're going to be a give or a keep. Right. Okay. And this period of time, you know, is is short. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a week, really, truly. A week. If, if you haven't really thought about that item, really never went back to it, it's it's not something that's worth keeping. Most of the things that end up in the undecided bin are gives, right, honestly. Right. You know what? Probably the fourth that I probably should go back and edit the notes. One might be throw away. I mean, I, I mean, there's donate, but then there's some stuff that you, that's pretty worn out that just needs to be set out curbside and kicked right. to the can. So that's maybe the fourth. Right. Okay. So let's then restart again. No, that's fine. This is good. This is good. This is fine. Nope. Okay. I am perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got to get into the flow here, okay? All right. 